science. God damn it. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So apparently tomorrow, the U.S. Department of Energy is going to announce that their um, fusion reactor that they've been working on for decades uh, has produced more energy than has been put into it. I mean, we're still probably decades away from fusion, but this is an important milestone. I heard someone say that it's producing 120% of the amount of energy that you put into it. If you put 100 watts into it, you get out 120 watts or whatever. And I don't know what the theoretical limit for fusion is, but it's probably something like you put in one watt, you get back a million watts. So we're a long ways away from that. But fusion is the holy grail for society. It's free energy. It's the same kind of nuclear process that the sun gives us free energy with. And, you know, the world mostly runs on hydrocarbons. So over billions of years, the sun shone on the earth. And I think mostly it was like plankton or little, little, little teeny green things in the water. But it just grew, you know, the earth grew tons of those in the water, and then those things got buried underneath the earth, and then under extreme pressure, they turn into oil and coal and natural gas. So every bit of energy we get from, for instance, oil, that's from the sun. The sun made that happen. You know, you don't get any, physics says you can't make energy, you can't make or destroy energy, you can only move it around. So we moved it from the sun to the plants, into the oil, and then into our cars. But you probably heard there are problems with fossil fuels. And so it would be nice to just skip all that stuff and just have our own little fusion. Put it in a giant building and have it power everything. And so the American one, I think it's using a tokamak. I don't know what that stands for, but basically it's like uh, like you know the size of a building or something. It requires a giant building to go with it, but it's like a, it's the shape of a donut. And it gets plasma going around inside that donut. Plasma is what happens to atoms when they get super hot. Like, as hot as the sun, for instance. And I think they use, they definitely use, like, magnets and maybe some lasers, whatever. You get that stuff going super hot, and then it, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It shoots off neutrons. It shoots off, I think it shoots off neutrons, which can heat stuff up, but they can also give you cancer. So, you know, this is why we're still decades away. It's like... How do we harness all these neutrons without getting cancer, for instance? But fusion is where you take two molecules, or atoms, and put them together to make a larger atom. And so I think what they currently use is something called deuterium, which is, it's just a form of hydrogen. I think it's hydrogen that has two neutrons in it. As a recap, the type of atom you have is based on the number of protons. And for instance, if you just have one proton by it with no electron, no neutron, no nothing else, That's still hydrogen. That's called ionized hydrogen. It's a plasma. That's the stuff that they're kind of zipping around in this donut thing. But, you know, normal hydrogen that you see, whatever, in the atmosphere or something, you know, that's like a proton and an electron, I believe. But then you can have neutrons in there. And if you have, you know, I think it's like Hot Shot. Remember the movie Hot Shots Part Do? So that meant number two. Well, deuterium means... A hydrogen with two neutrons stuck into the, what is it, the nucleus. And if you run an electrical current through water, it breaks it apart into hydrogen and oxygen, but you don't get deuterium. I think deuterium, you find it in the ocean. But so, deuterium is like the best thing 
that we can come up with wherever we get it from. It's the best thing we can come up with currently for fusion. But I don't know, I was just listening to a podcast. I've heard this before. Anyways, apparently the thing that is really good for fusion is helium three. I mean deuterium is basically you could also just call it hydrogen two. So helium three, right? That's uh two protons, I guess two electrons, and then three neutrons. Hence the three. And you can't get helium three on Earth. Something about having an atmosphere, the helium-3 is like, I'm out of here. So where could you get some helium-3? I hope I said that this is the ideal... Did I say that helium-3 is the ideal thing for fusion, but we don't have it? Anyways, the place you get helium-3 from is the moon. So, you know, people have talked about space industries, and, I mean, you know, it's coming. Some Someday space industry is coming, and, you know, like asteroid mining. I think there's, you know, there's asteroids out there that are, like, made up of, like gold and platinum you know and they're like 10 miles wide or 100 miles wide but obviously it's still easier to go get gold and platinum out of the ground on earth (laughs) than to go and try and grab this 100 mile wide chunk of gold but i think that looking for this helium 3 on the moon it might be the first time that there's every actually a like a business a space business right you know we need capitalism capitalism does everything I mean, you know, capitalism, it brought slaves from Africa over to America, but it also, you know, created the car that you drive, the house you live in, the, the heat that you don't freeze in the winter, everything. And so you need to, ha- you know, for space industry to get going, it needs to be attached to capitalism, not just governments, you know, occasionally spending a ton of money and kind of just wasting it for bragging rights about science. And so, you know, is it better to be smart or lucky, uh, the answer is both. And so just like Elon Musk, I think on purpose, he's like, I'm going to get into the electric car business because that's what's going to solve climate change. And in my opinion, we're going to get to carbon neutrality about five to ten years earlier than we would have if Elon Musk had you know, died of consumption at birth. But right now, Musk's company, uh, SpaceX, is working on the Starship system that... It's going to make space, I forget what, a hundred times, I think, cheaper to get to. And supposedly they're going to do the first full-on test of the Starship rocket. I mean, that thing is absolutely enormous. It's like the size of a skyscraper. has like 33 rocket engines, each one of which puts out like 2 million pounds of thrust or something. Just, you know, just ridiculous numbers. And so, anyways... I'll tell you what, it's going to be a hell of a show. There's a good chance that that thing is just going to blow up right on the, the launch pad. But if it doesn't, or even if that one does, and he, you know, he gets the next one to work. Anyways, if we get the Starship stuff to work, we may be able to do like almost anything we want in space, and it's all going to happen in the, next, you know, in the next five years. We may be able to mine the moon. And then, so, you know, not only has Elon Musk done more than every environmentalist in their entire lifetime has done to help the planet and the environment. But he also also may end up being the guy who just truly solves all of the world's problems, boom, done, by making fusion possible with space mining. And this is all while he's uh, triggering the libs by showing that Department of Homeland Security, FBI, etc. all kind of rigged the election to make sure that Biden won. And I don't know, the partisanship on that is interesting. Like, my liberal friends, 
they hate him. And I'm like, you know what? He's solving climate change as we speak. He's already done more than anyone has ever done for climate change that you supposedly care about. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I don't give a shit. I hate that motherfucker. The media told me he's a bad man, and I hate him. A friend of mine who listens to my podcast said that he thought it'd be interesting if I talked about energy storage. So, whatever. Anyone, any you know, go on Twitter. Anyone who asks me to talk about anything, I'll probably do it. But so, while we're waiting the decades for fusion to come along... We got this issue. So we're switching over to renewables. I guess 30% of the earth now gets its electricity or energy from renewables, which is basically, um, well, unfortunately, it's solar, it's wind. Yeah, those are the ones you hear about. It's also hydro. They call that renewable. So, yeah, I mean, you know, for 100 years, for 100, for 500 years, we've been getting power out of water. You know, going by, you have like a water wheel that runs your mill back in Europe in 1500s probably but anyways that's considered a renewable the sun heats the water the water goes up and becomes a cloud comes down in rain fills the river renewed that's well, so a water you know hydro works perfectly basically but now what about the the solar and the wind we got this problem that you know it only works when the wind is blowing or it only works during the day and so if you could make twice as much energy as you need during the day with solar and then store it somehow and then use that for the night, right? Then you'd have your, you'd be sorted. And so there's quite a few ways of storing energy. Although, you know, we're waiting for something to work at scale to like solve all the world's problems. We haven't done that yet. But I believe at least a couple years ago, um, 96% of stored energy was, was done using something called pumped hydro. And so it's just like the hydroelectric dams, the normal hydro. But what it is is you have a couple reservoirs, one of which is higher than the other. And so when you got too much electricity, you use that to pump the water up the hill into a lake, basically. And then when you need energy, you let that water flow from the lake reservoir down through the generators and you get your energy back. And I think that's... Like I say, 96% of them is that stuff. So that's that's the best one we got so far. And, you know, it works better in mountainous areas. If you live in a flat plain, uh, you can't use it. If you live in a place that has no water, you can't use it. So, you know, it doesn't work for everyone, but it works pretty good. And I think, you know, it should last. They should last basically forever. But, you know, you got to build giant concrete this and that to do it, which puts a bunch of CO2. Anyway, it ain't perfect, but it's good. I got another one that's similar where you just do it with like, I think, concrete weights. So I know I watched a video on YouTube, like what one company, I think it's in Norway, all this stuff is happening over in Scandinavia. Scandinavia is sitting on so much oil and natural gas that they sell sell that to Europe and then they make themselves carbon neutral. And so they got this thing, it's a, you know, some company built this thing, it's a tower, it's just a big steel scaffolding tower that has a whole bunch of giant concrete weights hanging off of it in a circle kind of around the tower and if you want to store energy in it you lift up those concrete weights on cables and then when you want to get your electricity back those weights go down and they pull on the cables which turns the generator so it's the same thing you just you take something heavy and you put it up high and then when you want energy back gravity brings it down and that's how you get your energy just like pumped hydro 
and it's not efficient you know one thing you can do is if you got electricity you can take water and turn it into hydrogen and oxygen and then when you burn those two things together you get water right back so i don't know the efficiency but anyways if, you, if, if we had too much electricity that we didn't know what to do with it'd be perfect to just turn water into hydrogen and oxygen and burn that like you'd be done that, that would solve all the problems except for it just just not cheap we need a cheaper way but something interesting they do with the hydrogen when they do it that way is where are you going to store it like you know you can store it in giant hydrogen tanks it it's hard it's hard to store it's hard to store hydrogen you know you want to if you got to freeze it to negative three thousand degrees exaggerating um that's one way to store it liquid hydrogen that requires a whole bunch of extra energy to get it cold so that's not a great way so what they do is they pump it down into abandoned mines and probably the same place you get like your oil we just suck the oil out of there well why, what if we just blow hydrogen down that oil well hole and it can store the hydrogen down there so basically finding a place to hold the hydrogen is not that big a deal you just put it under the ground same places that we've been pulling oil and gold and whatnot out of and another thing that they do that's similar to that is you can just pump air down there so you can have like compressed air like you, you know you ever had an air compressor that runs a uh, air tool well you can use an old abandoned mine or whatever to just shove a whole bunch of compressed air down there and then you can get the compressed air back when you want it and then something else that works really good but or actually something that does work really good and people are using a lot but it's still too expensive is you just have batteries you just have batteries the size of semi trucks and you do a whole you know giant complex of these giant batteries and that's how you store your energy and it works good but it's, it's still too expensive but people are doing it you know depending on your situation it may be cost effective and again to mention elon musk sometimes people will say tesla they're not a car company they're a software company because of the hope that those cars will be able to drive themselves and be like robots but another thing that people say is tesla they're not a car company they're a battery company they just make tons and tons of batteries and it's not just the supply chain stuff that you hear about lately but just people cannot make enough batteries i think you know if you make if you make lithium-ion batteries you could sell every one of those that you that you make like there's no shortage of people trying to buy them there's a shortage of people making them okay i'm trying to remember i watched a video with like seven different types and i <laughs> i can't remember all of them another one is flywheels like these things are pretty crazy but you just basically make yourself a giant steel wheel and you spin it at like insane rpms you know 10,000 rpms or something and anyways you got extra energy you spin that wheel up and when you need it back you hook up a generator to the wheel and it slows it down and powers the generator but they do these things that such they're so heavy they're such high rpms like ball bearings or whatever don't work for them so i think they got to be on they got to have like sus suspended on magnets or something like magnetic bearings i don't know and if something goes wrong if that thing got loose like it would go tearing down the, it would go tearing down the highway it would make you know like a tire that falls off a truck look like absolutely nothing it would be cutting cars in half you know a hundred cars in a row cut them all right in half the amount of energy they store in these giant flywheels is insane and what else they're working on different types of batteries they'll be a lot cheaper uh like that tower that has the concrete weights another thing they do is they just they lower the weights down in a mine so you put a building over a mine shaft that goes down a thousand feet or something 
and that's where you drop your weight so it's a little safer but here's an interesting related thing that i learned the other day so i watched this channel wit w-i-t-t -T, i forget the name adam wit will wit something like that and he talks about construction equipment and he just he goes he goes to mines he goes to whatever where they're building an airport and looks at what kind of excavators they got but one episode uh it was a bunch of cat brand you know caterpillar tractor cat brand haulers and so that's what you call a giant dump truck you don't call them a dump truck you call them a hauler those things you know those dump trucks are the size of a house I think the big size is 400 tons. And they think, I forget what they cost. It costs like $5 million new. But anyways, Cat is now making electric haulers. And so it's similar to like driving your Tesla, chasing them up around because they have regenerative braking. This is where when you're just like, all, you know, just like how you lift a weight and you drop a weight. Well, when you get a car going, an electric car going, fast and then you slow it down well you can get some of your energy back i think you know maybe 50 30 30 percent i think back so not most of the energy you did but you know a significant chunk but anyways there's some mine they bought 20 electric 400 ton haulers and what it is they have like i think it's an open pit mine but anyways they have a mine at the top of a mountain so these trucks go up to the top of the mountain they get full of ore and then they drive down the mountain. And so basically, because they're so heavy on the way down and, and they're empty and light on the way up, gravity and their regenerative braking makes it so that they actually don't need to be charged. I mean, I'm sure they still charge them every night or whatever. But basically, they make more energy bringing the ore down the mountain than they need to go back up to get the next load, which I, don't know, I just thought that was very interesting. And so Tesla supposedly, supposedly, we'll see, is coming out with a semi truck. I mean, every electric semi truck. Everyone, everyone, Freightliner. Everyone thinks they're coming out with an electric semi truck. We will see. But like in America, the current limit on the weight of a semi truck load and all is about eighty thousand pounds. And so every time you slow down a semi truck, you know how do, how do brakes work? Brakes in your car. The way brakes on your car work is they slow down your car by turning the energy of you going forward into heat. Your brakes get hot. And semi-trucks, because they're so heavy, sometimes they're like brakes catch on fire, the whole thing catches on fire. Or they got those truck turnout ramps you've probably seen on the freeway. But in any case, electric semi-trucks who can take the energy instead of making hot brakes, if they can turn that back into electricity, it's going to make electric semi-trucks like really efficient. It's going to be maybe more important efficiency-wise. Semi-trucks are going to be more efficient than cars. Like cars are like, who cares? Semi-trucks really are going to save a lot of electricity and make the companies who use those semi-trucks a lot of money. I mean, maybe. We'll see. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.